Hi, everyone. Before we get started on today's amazing episode, I wanted to announce the next upcoming boot camp. This will be the last boot camp of 2019. It'll be boot camp number six, and it's going to be the biggest boot camp we've had so far. We started with the first boot camp in January, and every single time we've had a new one, it's grown by new people coming in. And actually, a lot of the people who took it before take it again. In fact, almost everyone takes at least another boot camp. And once you're in the boot camp, you're in for life. So as we get ready to start the next boot camp in November, early November, I'd like to offer you the chance to get in on this biggest one yet. Uh, this might be the last one of its kind. And as we go into 2020, there'll be some other things going on. I might actually be taking a step back from doing the boot camps personally altogether. And so if you've been inspired to join a boot camp this year, now's the time to do that. The boot camp is an amazing, immersive process where you integrate everything you've learned about the law of attraction and what Joshua teaches us into the very fiber of your being. It's uh, quite extensive. We have a morning daily spiritual practice. We have a separate specific meditation for each day. Starting week two, we have evening homework. In each week, there is reading and assignments. You get your own personal coach to go through it with you. In this boot camp, if you're in the first 20 people, you'll have three personal calls with me, a kickoff call, a midterm call, and a graduation call. And we have our own boot camp uh, Facebook group where everyone gets together and talks. There's also two Joshua Lives each week during the boot camp, as well as a group coaching call. The cool thing about the boot camp is we do it in a group. So in this group, I'm thinking there's probably going to be around 80 to 100 people, which will make it the largest boot camp so far. Yet it will be capped at 100 people. So if you are inspired to get in, the way to do it is to send me an email at joshuateachings at gmail.com and we'll schedule a call and I can tell you all about it. There's so much to tell about the boot camp. It takes about 40 minutes to explain it to you in detail and, and to tell you what everyone else has received. Uh, it's really life-changing. In fact, there's nothing else that's ever been like this. And, you know, starting in January with the first boot camp we ever did, I didn't know how, you know, big this was going to be. I didn't know how effective it was going to be. But now that we've done five and lots and lots and lots and lots of people have gone through the boot camp, the changes are absolutely amazing. So if you're ready to live the life that you're dreaming of, to be effective in every area of your life, to get more financial abundance, more, you know, stronger relationships, a better health, better you know, physical feeling in your body, and to move along your journey of self-discovering so that your soul's purpose emerges Well, this boot camp is right for you. So push past your fear. Send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. We'll schedule a quick call. It's a very fun call. You'll be happy that you did it, and I'll tell you all about it. Have a great time listening to this new episode, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon. There's more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, 
a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. And today with me, we have the lovely and beautiful and talented Kimberly Late. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Hi, everybody. Hi, Gary. Good. And you just got back from a whirlwind trip in Brazil? Yes, I did. Went for just under a month. Went to Brazil for the first time. Um, yeah, so it was a very exciting trip. Saw many different things. Met more of my in-laws. Saw the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life as well. So all the different colors over there. It's, yeah, it's amazing. What's the most beautiful place? Uwazel Falls. Do you know of that place? I think I saw maybe a picture that you posted on, yes. on uh, Facebook. So in Portuguese, it's Foz do Iguazu, and it's basically borders on Paraguay, Argentina, and Brazil. Uh-huh. So it's on a national park there, the most beautiful waterfalls. Oh, my goodness. Like, seriously, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life, and it had so many nature spirits in it as well. Like, it moved to me so deeply. It was amazing. Highly recommended. Wow. <laughs> and what did you think of the people? Oh, wonderful. I mean, of course, there's a bit of a language barrier because I don't, I speak a little bit of Portuguese, but um, yeah, definitely not fluent. And Wait, you had a translator with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also had a little app too. So, I mean, there was a few people that could speak um, along our trip, but yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. It, it taught me a lot more to let go and just be in the present moment and um it was great. I did a lot of soul work over there as well. Just appreciate, you know, what I have in my life as well. When you go to another country, you, you, you know, you do find that you, you look at what's another country and, of course, there's much beauty, but you also look at your life and what you have. And definitely the gratitude went way up from yeah, being there. Definitely. But um, very friendly and, um, yeah, it was amazing. It's, you know, there's a lot of contrast in the country. Um, not like America, obviously in Australia, where maybe the economy is a bit more, a bit more even. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of contrast between you know the rich and the poor and things like that. Stark contrast, but you know the people are very vibrant and um, yeah, it's you know it's a wonderful place to visit. Eye opening. Well, how'd you like the food? Oh, wonderful! There is a little bit of a challenge because I'm vegetarian. <laughs> So it's not like Australia, probably America as well. So it's not that common to be vegetarian over there. But, you know, I was able to make it work. So that, that's fine. That's great. Wow. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Well, yeah, today yeah. we got a question from Tammy. And it's interesting because as I'm in the middle of the boot camp, and I'm so involved in that right now in boot camp number five, um, I had all these calls scheduled today. And I was like, had sent you this question a while ago. And I can't find Joshua's answer. So today we're going to take a question from Tammy and we're going to have Persephone, Goddess Persephone's answer from it. And we're going to both look at it, you know, from our perspectives of what we know. And this is an interesting question because it's 
has to do with mental health. It has to do with suicide. And it has to do with, you know, the thoughts that are going through people's heads and is that, you know, and what really is mental health and how do you deal with it if you're in that, you know, working with people who are, you know, are diagnosed with some kind of mental illness. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. And, you know, you don't want to make light of this, but I've always been saying that to some extent, all of us are, for lack of a better word, crazy because we do things that we know are not in our best and highest interest. And that's okay. Just that, are we tapped into source consciousness or fear consciousness? You know, where are we aligned and how can we see things from a higher perspective and understand what's really happening here? But again, we're all unique. So how we perceive something is totally unique to us. And it's very hard to understand, you know, and empathize with how other people are actually perceiving reality. Yeah. And, you know, with mental health, obviously I've worked with a lot of people with mental health um, issues in Western terminology because, you know, I'm a counsellor. So, you know, I've seen firsthand, you know, by working with them, by allowing them to tap more into who they truly are, just how much they blossom, you know. So it's unfortunate that Western society, um, Western medicine has like labelled these people and put labels on them and pathologise them when in fact it should be more nurturing the spirit. And as we go through, we'll discuss. But, um, you know, a lot of Indigenous cultures, I know shamans see mental illness especially like things like schizophrenia as someone who's very spiritually gifted is the opposite. And it's just that they have to nurture more their spirit and they are, they're emerging their gifts. You know, they're, there's different, different uh, ways of looking at it through indigenous cultures as well. So, you know, it, it's easy to put a label, you know, as me working in the mental health field, I know the label and there's a lot of stigma, but if we can take that label off and just see it as this is something that they chose to explore for a reason, there is a reason why they have, you know, these, this illness in Western terminology, what we like to call illness, but the symptomology allows them to tap more into who they are if they are guided in the right way. I'm just unfortunately that, you know, in a lot of institutions and things like that, we medicate and, you know, dumb them down even more. So not yeah. very helpful at all. Some, well, in severe cases, it can help a little bit. But, um, you know, a lot of the cases is that we, it's about really nurturing who they are and guiding them through into to connecting who they are. And that it's shown a lot of evidence, actually, that when people with moderate, you know, mild, well, mild to moderate mental illness, if they engage in meditation, it is just as effective of, as antidepressants. Yeah. So there's a lot of research around that. So that's just a little bit of evidence to show that when you can assist them in connecting them with their spirit, that's when they can really blossom. Yeah. And I have no experience with mental illness, of course, but I have met and worked with a ton of people who suffered depression and the what they have found is that by rearranging how they perceive life the outside world the conditions other people and themselves by looking at it from a higher perspective it lifts what the illusion that causes 
what they are focused on in a way that makes them depressed, you know, and, and, and I'm, I may just be talking about mild depression here, but I can see from my own perspective that when I realize who I am and step into that without needing to be different than I am and look at everything from the higher perspective, then I feel better because what I'm doing is I'm tapping into source consciousness. You know, I meant I'm tapping into that love stream of love consciousness. And instead of receiving, you know, thoughts that resonate with fear, I receive thoughts that resonate with love and mm-hmm. inspired ideas and, you know, fun times and fun things to say. And I feel better about myself. It's like any of us when we're, out with our friends and we're having fun and we're having these great conversations, we feel good and we feel good about ourselves, you know, and you can go up to people that you don't know and have these conversations because you're feeling good and you're tapped into that love consciousness. And when you're feeling bad about yourself, you just bump into other people who are feeling bad. You just see things from a limited perspective and it makes it look worse. You feel this fear. It becomes sort of hopeless. How are you going to get out of it? And it's simply from approaching life as the creator of your reality instead of the victim of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I also see, too, that when you view someone who you see as needing some help or has some problem, you're looking at them from a limited perspective. If you see that they are going through something that they came here to experience – and this is part of that experience. And if you see them as perfect, but just going through an experience that maybe is unwanted, that by giving them a little guidance and nurturing them along the way and not trying to fix them, you yourself stayed aligned with source consciousness mm-hmm. instead of dipping into urges to change them. And when I, I work with lots of people who are in this business of helping people. It's like mm-hmm. that's who gravitates towards this information. So they are uplifters and they really want to help. But if they see someone from this perspective that that person needs your help, then you're starting off on the wrong foot because actually they don't need your help. They might need a different perspective and they might need an example that they can follow, but there's nothing wrong with them. Mm. Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting question. And uh, you know, it's it's a serious question, too. And there are no easy answers. But we're just going to try and look at it from another perspective. And so I'm going to read the question, and then we can talk about, and then you could read uh, Goddess Persephone's answer. And then we'll go through each paragraph and see what is in that, all the nuggets that are there. And this isn't designed to fix anything that's wrong. It's just designed to allow us to see things from another perspective. And once we get that perspective, then maybe we'll get thoughts and ideas and inspiration that will actually be of benefit. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Hello, Joshua. I work in the field of mental health. I have met so many people over the years who are absolutely tortured because of their mental illness. Very recently, a client finally killed herself at the tender age of 20 years after years of serious self-harm detention in psychiatric hospitals, and the unremitting torture of the voices in her head telling her her that she is worthless and the world would be a better place if she just killed herself. This is not unusual. There is no joy in their short and sad lives, only pain to the extent 
that they can only get relief from ending their lives. What is your explanation from, for this? And obviously Joshua didn't answer it, or I can't find it. I'm so sorry, but sure. I'll do it at, at a later date and send that off to Timmy. So let's uh, go with what Persephone says. Okay. D1. You and all that chose to exist on the earth plane chose a Pacific expression of life a Pacific dynamic of human experiencing to allow the expansion of consciousness to learn from the human experience, to assist in the transition of fear to love in the collective consciousness. There are soul contracts at play with you, with all that is involved in this expression of existence. You were their client for a reason. They chose to experience life the way they wanted to explore it for a reason. The finer details of their contracts is no relevance to you. What is relevant for you is how this impacts you, for there were no accidents and chance meetings here. All connections <clears throat> in this experience was for you and ultimately even if you from a human experience cannot see it, it was also for your client. Awesome. And so there are things that people want to come and experience from our perspective. It seems like why would anyone want to experience that? You have to remember the non-physical that experience is impossible because this is an experience based in fear. Fear is not present in the non-physical. And in order to have this, unique experience to feel it truly, you have to come into physical reality. Same as lack is not possible, unworthiness is not possible to feel that. And so imagine, you know, being a limitless being of pure positive love and acceptance in the non-physical and saying, what would it feel like to feel completely worth, worthless or worthy or have no worthiness, right? Mm -hmm. And Everyone comes into experience unworthiness to some degree. And each experience of unworthiness is a unique one. And, you know, maybe you do this one life and the next life you come back to feel more worthy than you did the last life or whatever. But you have to remember that certain things can't be experienced in non-physical and that's what the purpose of physical reality is. And I just found Joshua's answer. You did send it to me. Here it is right there. There you go. Good timing. Yeah, good. Awesome. So I was actually reading this thinking it was Persephone, but they go, oh, don't have that one. Okay. So, and what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's from a human perspective, it's hard, like you said, it's hard to see that we would choose something like that for ourselves, but you have to remember that we are so highly advanced. There are no victims here. We are so advanced. We wanted these challenges. This is an illusion, even though it might seem very, very well. And even in the illusion that these, you know, these people who experience such pain, for them it might seem very, very real. But from a higher perspective, they are actually our teachers. And you know, there's there's a line in here which I thought might have been a typo, but then when I looked at it, I'm like, I kind of got it, and I was like, actually, it's true. There's a line in this first paragraph that says, you were their client for a reason. I'm like, maybe that meant to be clinician, but then I realized what she meant. She meant that they are actually helping Tammy. 
So Tammy is like their client. So, you know, there were contracts, sole contracts here, you know, pre-birth intentions, how Joshua calls it. And we may not know the full extent of what that is, right? But we have to trust that for everybody's involved, whether it's Tammy, whether it's this person's family, there are reasons why they're going through this. And we just have to know that even though they may seem like they're in a lot of pain and that how they, you know, transition may be tragic, it, on a higher perspective, it wasn't tragic. Right. They, they fulfilled what they wanted to explore here. So that contract was up and then they, they go to non-physical. So in a high perspective, there is no pain, although it's very hard to see. And like, you know, of course, working mental health field, you know, I have seen the pain firsthand. I myself, I, I experienced trauma as well uh, several years ago. And I was, I mean, I wasn't <clears throat> suicidal or anything like that, but I was completely dissociated for a period of time, like numbed out. The only way to assist myself I mean, I was a Reiki therapist, so luckily I was, you know, doing Reiki and meditation and to heal myself, it was about connecting me to my spirit, right? So yeah. it felt like my, it just felt like I was like this empty vessel and maybe it might feel like that for people with mental health, severe mental health issues. It's because they're not really connected to who they are. But like I said previously, in other perspectives, they are seen as very spiritual gifted people. It's just that they're so gifted from a higher perspective that they're having trouble balancing it out in this physical lifetime. So whether they choose to explore how powerful they are or not, it doesn't detract from the fact that they're highly advanced, just like you and me. So instead of looking at them going, you know, poor them, appreciate that they chose this mission for a reason. That's how powerful they are, that they were able to understand it. And, you know, if they transition in a period of time, all we can do is send them compassion. If you, if you want to assist, want to, you know, don't react in fear, which is really hard to because we, we tend to see these people with a lot of pity, but instead send them compassion, <clears throat> love, you know, that's a vibration of love. So, if you come across people, especially Tammy, if she's, if she's working with, with people like this, I can understand there's a lot of uh, vicarious trauma working in the field as well. So her herself working, <clears throat> depending on her perspective, that is, if she takes on a lot of that, those perspectives, there is a lot of vicarious trauma. So hopefully for Tammy, she is able to to see the perspective that they are highly advanced and if she can see that, you know, that they maybe need guidance to tap into who they truly are. She'll be in that high state of alignment where she might be inspired to, right. to assist in certain ways. Maybe not in the rule book of, right. you know, Western medicine, but. Yeah. And what I like in that too, is that you have to know that who you are attracting is resonating with you. You know, here's Tammy who is, you know, spiritual. She's, interested in the, these teachings she's in the boot camp and she's has the ability to process all this you know and maybe not now but she but this may have led her into the boot camp or into this um you know passion of learning more about how the universe works right so it's all for you whether you know it may appear like the loss of a patient that you didn't do enough or something, you know, you might feel like some failure there. It's really to have you go through your own manifestation event to come to the other side and seek something more that will be of benefit. And so that is the inspiration that comes through alignment. Great. 
Let's go on to the next one. From a human experience, from the perspective of duality, from a perspective of unwanted experiences, unwanted feelings and thoughts, you judge others' experience as wrong, as unwanted. This is a common perspective within duality consciousness, within seeing things as wrong and right, as separate beings, separate outside conditions. Within oneness consciousness, which is the consciousness you you truly exist in, you have forgotten this truth of who you are. You have forgotten the powerful being that you and all that exists in this human experiencing is. You are highly advanced, so is your client, who did not remember her own power, however, was still highly advanced. As you were involved directly with her experience, this experience is also yours. The perception of pain and anguish may feel very real within the illusion. However, it is just that, an illusion. Whoever may choose that path of experiencing are playing roles for those directly involved with such experience. Therefore, this being was playing a role for you. There will be no true understanding of her experience and others who explore similar journeys from a perspective of duality. Your society has created understandings of such experiences based within the illusion, based on a perception of control, as that allows you to have a sense of control over your lives and the lives of others. However, this system is not effective from a higher state of experiencing as you create victims within the game of experiencing. Yeah, that's brilliant. So the main key there is that we tend to exist in the state of duality where we see things as right and wrong, good or bad. The first word Joshua ever wrote is there is no wrong anywhere in the universe. The perception of wrong comes from a limited perspective. From the higher perspective, whether that's a bit of time or from the higher perspective of the non-physical, there is no wrong. Everything is right. All human suffering, this is a, a really advanced concept, but what suffering is, is seeing something that you believe is wrong and experiencing fear and negative emotion. But that's by good, only because you're looking at it from a limiting perspective and something is has activated a limiting belief. From the higher perspective, if you look at this from the higher perspective that the goddess Persephone is talking about, there is no wrong, and she came for this experience, and this experience was beneficial and added to all that is. And a lot of people talk about the age of someone, right? Joshua was saying the other day, if you have someone that's lived to 100, that's a human life. And if you have someone who's lived to 10 weeks, that's a human life. And from your perspective at whatever age you are, you'll say the 100-year-old lived a long life because it's longer than your life. And the 10-week-old lived a tragic short life because here you are living this long. But to the individual, it's the full experience of a life. And mm-hmm. the time part is an illusion. So we tend to make ourselves feel better if people die when they're old. And we tend to see it as a tragedy if they die when they're young but that's because we're trying to control our own situation. That's right. I really like that line from Persephone where she, she says it, it allows us to have a sense of control over our lives and the lives of others. Right. Um, 
So if we can label things, label people, you know, it, mm. it makes us feel more controlled, you know, like oh, okay, to get to get better is tick this box and, yeah. you know, it categorize why, all areas of our lives. But That's why everyone wants to know how people died, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a form of control. Oh, I don't do that. So, you know, I'm good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, yeah. science is relatively a new area. So when it comes to mental health, we, West, well, Western culture, Western, you know, medicine, you're looking at it through the eyes of pathology instead of looking at it from a higher perspective. So I'm sure times will change and things yeah. will start shifting. I mean, things are already shifting, like in the world of, you know, just even psychology, now meditation is being, you know, proven mm-hmm. as effective. So there is change, maybe yeah. slow, but, you know, now they're integrating more of these kind of perceptions where there's a lot more that, you know, that meets the eye. Of course, so, uh, meditation can now be scientifically proven. So, you know, obviously there are a lot of things that can't be scientifically proven. So until that gets relaxed a bit more, you know, um, but, you know, things will change. It's just, you know, it's, it's really hard, especially when, you know, personally, not just with your clients, but maybe, you know, like I, I've got family members who have gone through mental health. You know, it can be very hard, especially if it's someone close to you. And there's nothing you can do. You know, it's not your responsibility to change their experience. Um, You wish you could because you think you, you know, you think everyone would improve by it. I know. uh, And it's like, if you really want to assist them, just just open your heart to them. Like, so the vibration of love allows them to connect more to who they are, their love. So you can, there's different techniques you can use, but really just being grateful showing compassion because because compassion is very intensity vibration of love so if you can show compassion you're actually sharing your love with someone and, and they actually get affected by that so that's mm-hmm. one little thing you can do as well cool. all right let's go to the next one to grasp an understanding of such experiencing is to see through the eyes of oneness where there are no such things as victims She played her role exactly how it's supposed to be. I heard transitioning out of this experiencing in the way that she did. She also fulfilled the role that she was playing for you and all that is involved and that is connected to her. Know that the emotions you experience from her life experience from the result of her transition is the reflection of dynamics within you that you must also face to transmute fear into love. It is for you to go inwards and to see the lessons she has given you as a highly advanced being, which also you are. Her life, her experiencing, her transitioning is a gift to you and all connected to her to allow you to face the perceived darkness within you, to recognise the feelings involved are reflections of her gifts to you because she loves you and because you are one with her. From higher truth, her and others of similar experiences do not suffer. They are activators and triggers for you to move more into love and to ultimately move further into oneness to allow you to remember who you truly are. And this is the truth of that is... Nothing happens to you. Everything happens for you. 
And so this experience was for Tammy as well as for everyone else, as long as they look for the message in there or the benefit in there. Mm. And from a perspective of oneness, her client is actually her. If she has this negative emotion and it's feelings of pain and, and feeling pity, maybe there's those feelings within her that she hasn't fully embraced and hasn't transmuted into love. So any feelings of negative emotion, as I know as um, Joshua talks about it as well, is that it's a reflection of us. In duality, yes, there's separateness, wrong and right, but instead of oneness, you and me are one. So any pain that you perceive in someone else, that obviously there's that pain also within you somewhat. So it's allowing you to go inwards to look for that pain within you. Yeah. That's the hardest thing for me anyway, is this idea of that we're all one, you know, Mm -hmm. and I try and look at that all the time and say, that's me, that's me, that's me. And, you know, (laughs) so that's the hardest thing for me to do. Well, the... The most practical way to utilize that is with the oneness is if you do feel negative emotion in, with an interaction with another or as a result of someone else, then you know that it's a reflection of you. So that's a kind of a practical, tangible way to see oneness, that if you, you feel the negative emotion, if you feel pain, then that is a reflection of you. You actually feel that within you. So they are reflecting that within you. Well, certainly... So you have a limiting belief about yes. them in some way, and that belief is not beneficial to you at all, and it's holding you back from becoming who you truly are. Hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I get annoyed with people, and it's like I get le- way less annoyed than I used to, but, but there are people, very few, that are annoying, and I try to look at them with compassion and everything, but that still pops up. Um, it's, it's so far and few between now that it's really good. Uh, but I remember in the past, there was this guy that played poker and he was just so annoying in how he played it. And he did all these things that were annoying and everyone else was annoyed by him. And finally he got, he did something that got him banned from the poker room and everyone's happy and everything. And I'm like, I feel really bad for being happy, but I am happy he is not here because <laughs> now I can feel better so much easier than with him there. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a limited way to be. And for me to be who I've become now, I had to get over that limiting belief and I haven't gotten over it yet, but I have preferences of people and some people I really like and some people I can be with. Okay. But I prefer these people to other people. And and I'm just working on that so much to see how much more I can just be with everybody. But that's well, not- that's why every moment of the day you can do soul work because every single interaction that you feel annoyed, feel triggered, then you know it's more soul work to do. For and sure. that's why we're here. It's a never-ending journey right. <laughs> of self-discovery. Good. Okay, was that the last paragraph? That was the last paragraph. Okay, Awesome. Um, all right. Well, I have Joshua's here too. So let's see what Joshua has to say. And I did this, I did this in August, so I don't remember doing it. Okay. Tammy, we will start by saying that all humans have access to source energy and the non-resistant stream of consciousness that flows from source. All humans also have the ability to tap into other streams of consciousness 
based in fear. No one is without the ability to direct their intention to link to any stream of consciousness. In the non-physical, without resistance and fear, the connection to source is unrestricted. In physical reality, many come to explore the unavailable stream of lack-based, fear-based consciousness. From the higher perspective, there is nothing wrong with this, because from our perspective, it is but a brief exploration. When one has fully completed their exploration of any subject, they can choose another exploration in physical reality or simply return to the non-physical. There is no wrong in any of it. Yeah, so that's, that's what Joshua always says, is if you've experienced this thing you do not prefer, that was something you came here to experience, you've done it enough now, and now you can change your exploration. You can explore something else. And some people don't want to do you know, you If you have this intention and these pre-birth contracts and you've done what you've came here to do, it's time to go back. And this is true of everyone because all death is suicide, right? <clears throat> So whether you're 80 or 20 or 40 and you've explored enough in the non in the physical, you can return to the non-physical and you choose that maybe not explicitly like in suicide, but it's still in there somehow. Do you know how that works? Well, well, you'll find that, yeah, all the different lives that we are living, it depends if we've completed that particular contract or not usually what we'll find is that if we did it we can we come back but maybe still explore the same theme but maybe it's a it's a different nuanced side of it it depends if we've completely finished that what we wanted to explore here um so it, it all depends like you said on on her on her soul contract so perhaps in a in another life she you know it was a very powerful I don't know, sorcerer or something like this. So she wanted to explore the opposite of having all that power but not being able to express it, right. you know. So it could be like as an example. So so what happens though when you die? Do you choose that time in the way you die? Well, the beings of the light say, and I think I'm not sure if Joshua uh, says it or not or not, but basically we all choose when we die. Yeah, Joshua and, and Abraham saw not, that. Yeah, you yeah. may not see that. From a human perspective, I'll be got a you know a gun to our head and we've chosen to die. Right. But we always have a choice. So <clears throat> with soul contracts, we have a choice to fulfill it, to to leave this world, to transition in a certain way. But we always have a choice not to do that as well. So from a higher perspective, from maybe from human understanding, we may not be able to see from a higher self. We basically say, okay, we are ready to go. We are not ready to go. So from that perspective, they are all ready to go. They have chosen to go in a, from a higher from a higher perspective. They've chosen to go when they did. And so many near death experiences, the people recount being told that you haven't really fulfilled what you came to, to fulfill, but you're welcome to go to the non physical, or you can return to physical. It's totally up to you. What do you want to do? And the people will say, "I'm ready to return to physical," and they come back into this physical life now with no fear of death. By the way, that's almost a universal thing that near-death people have no longer have a fear of death. Mm. No. Okay. All humans are born with different intentions, different bodies, and their own unique journey of self-discovery. Some choose to be tall or short, white, black, or brown, born here or there, to these parents or those. It is always a choice that is made from the non-physical. Those choices are clear and intentional. There is no wrong in any of it. 
So this is the soul's contract that you're talking about. From the limited perspective of man, one may judge another's experience of physical reality to be better or worse than theirs. Man may strive to explore something different than what they are presently exploring. When you look at someone who appears to be struggling, you do so from a limited perspective based on your own personal and unique set of beliefs. When you do this, you also dip into a fear-based stream of consciousness and you see some of what they are feeling. It, is, it has not to do with their mind. Their minds are not broken. It has to do with the experiences they intended to explore prior to their births. They are not wrong or broken. They are simply living in great resistance and are more connected to the fear-based streams of consciousness. This is why those thoughts, the torture, you know, the voices in her, in this person's head. And we all have that to some extent whenever mm. we're dipped into that fear-based stream of consciousness. Abraham, when I was in, in uh, Amsterdam, was also talking about this, that every thought that's ever been thought still exists. And those thoughts are that fear-based stream of consciousness. Most of the thoughts that man has thought were thoughts of fear. And so when you dip into some limited perspective, you're dipping into the stream of consciousness. But there's source consciousness that you're in when you're in alignment. And mm -hmm. so our goal or our practice is to be figuring out a way to tap into aligned streams of consciousness more and more and more often. And we really do that by changing our perspective, processing our limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. and understanding who we truly are and how the system works. That's, That's right. Of this work, of this especially, especially people who experience, you know, um, de depression, anxiety, the brain tends to look at the negative things, so the positive things, so it makes them go to that spiral. So, you know, as a counsellor, you know, are you the work I used to do is train the brain like through gratitude work and different, different tools to allow the brain to focus more on the positive and you can, it's a tangible result. You can see the difference. They have, they see the difference. And for, for people that I've worked with who were pretty much suicidal to having a powered life, it's just breathtaking. Like all, all the work that they did was go within. Yeah. I mean, it could be very hard to be aware of their thoughts to stop it in its tracks. A lot of the meditation work does right. that. And just to slowly change the brain, change the perspective from what's good in life to what is not good in life. And it's very hard, especially some people, some circumstances, it's easy to say, well, you have a right to feel, you know, negative because, because of the circumstances. There's always something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. So once you can tap into that, that helps the spiral to, to align more to who you truly are, to your source consciousness. And you have to realize that there's momentum being built up in all this stuff too. So it doesn't ha happen overnight and it's not going to happen right. with, you know, and what drugs are going to be doing is numbing the emotions. That's right. And I'm, I had a conversation with someone today who is on, on some kind of um, antidepressant and she couldn't really tell the difference between a negative emotion and a positive emotion. She was mm -hmm. that, you know, that was becoming difficult for her because of the drugs that she was on. And it's like, you know, the benefit of the negative emotion is that it alerts you to your frame of mind and your perspective and your limiting beliefs. And you really, really, you want to be highly emotional 
not low emotional. You want to really feel bad when you have that negative emotion so that you can stop and say, hold on, what's my perspective here? What's that limiting belief? Can we alter that perspective and then get back into gratitude, back into appreciation, back into alignment? But it's called being able to have those tools. So when you get to that very low point, you're able to bring yourself out of that. So maybe some of these people didn't have those tools and that's why they just kept going down and down because they weren't able to right. realign themselves. Yeah, they didn't have the tools and they weren't even aware of the other possibility. Mm. You know, there's so many things that happen when you start getting into alignment. I didn't know things could be this good. I didn't know that I could feel about myself this way. I didn't know I could be excited about being me today. That never even occurred to me until I started doing the work. Mm. Okay? We understand that you are an uplifter and a teacher. You seek to assist others in their exploration of physical reality. Some will benefit from your assistance and others will ignore your attempts to save them. Why is this? Because some will be satisfied with the explorations they have made and others seek to dip even deeper into those anti-streams. It is not for you to create the reality in the reality of others, for you came to make your own exploration of physical reality. You came in as a powerful and developed explorer of physical reality. You have already explored the anti-streams of consciousness enough to satisfy your curiosity. Now you must think about what you truly want and leave the rest of those still in the midst of their explorations. You must understand that the physical realm was created for the sole purpose of exploring possibilities that are not available in the same way in the non-physical realm. In the non-physical, you can play with ideas and scenarios to a certain extent. But since you are fully connected to source energy, you cannot feel the reality that is present in the illusion of physical reality. This is the purpose and benefit of the physical realm. It allows all those who choose to come to explore subjects in a highly intense and seemingly real manner. Yeah. So it seems real, and we buy into the, the illusion big time. Yes. It's not, it is an illusion. And yeah. It's difficult to see through because it seems very real. <laughs> Definitely, especially when you, when, especially people go through such intense experiences like a client. It's, it's easy to, to get caught up in the illusion. We also, in Western society, perceive that perfection's unattainable and that we're all flawed. And Joshua says that the reverse is true. Everyone and everything and every condition is perfect as it is in the moment. And improvement is impossible. It's the illusion of imperfection. You're perfect now. You just have this illusion that you're not perfect. And so this causes you to try and control yourself by being better or good or behaving properly or doing these things to make other people like you or trying to control your conditions. Mm. When you understand that you're perfect as you are, then there is no need for self-improvement. It's the only thing you're ever doing is seeing yourself from higher and higher perspectives and realizing just how great you are, just how magnificent you are. And your reality is a reflection of, of your opinion of yourself. And so just like this patient who had this, all these thoughts that were attracted based on whatever she came in with, whatever she was, you know, experienced, 
they get deeper and deeper and deeper because there's momentum there. Well, that momentum can be reversed in most of us. And, if, and those of us who are interested in this information are right there, ready to explore who we really are. Yeah. And, and when you do it, when you say, I'm on this exploration of who I truly am, and I'm living this unique life based in me, and I have my own talents and attributes, and maybe I can't see them yet, but I know they're going to emerge, and you start being the biggest version of you you can imagine, knowing that you're going to bump up against manifestation events and limiting beliefs along the way, but you want that to happen, mm. not severely or anything, but you don't mind it happening. You realize that you're going to go through little bumps along the way, and that helps you uncover more of who you are. Yeah, right. because right. what's very common is that we fear fear. So we yes. try to control our life so we don't have the emotion, negative emotion. But like, for instance, Goddess Persephone, what she encourages a lot um, through her teachings is that it's to embrace fear perceive darkness because by doing that we no longer we let go of the resistance and then we can by doing that we can search what limiting beliefs are there what fears there that which are false and then we can further align more into light so it's a pathway to light by embracing you know our perceived darkness so a lot of people you know avoid it that's why they press all their feelings down they try to think positive think positive think positive but a lot of the time, yes, it can be good superficially, but if we don't work on our limiting beliefs, if we don't go inwards and embrace that fear within us, don't really look at it, what happens, it'll, it'll influence our everyday life, our perceptions. So it's about being aware of it. So that's why like meditation practice is so important because it allows you to connect to that, yes. be aware of what's there. Hmm. I totally agree that meditation is the thing that changed my life. And so my perspective on fear now is that my personal experience, everything that I feared had happened that did happen was the best thing that ever happened to me. And so now when I worry about something, I look at it from another perspective. I say, okay, maybe that is um, good or bad, but I can't tell from this perspective. And so I know that from past experience that everything that I thought was going to be bad happening actually turned out to be good. Mm -hmm. I know that if it's coming to me, it's for me. And so that if this thing I fear happens, then that's going to be good for me, the best possible thing that could happen. And now I say, okay, maybe I need to experience it. Maybe I don't. But if it comes, I'll, I'll be ready for it. And it'll be the best thing that ever happens. And so now all the worry goes away, you know, or a lot of it goes away. Yeah. Let go of a lot of attachments as well. So you feel Absolutely. Oh, my God. Giving up your attachments to certain outcomes you think are good from your limited perspective is the best thing you can do because it takes away all that wobble in your vibration caused by the fear that it's not going to happen. Yeah. That is, that is that lack end of the stick of a desire, right? Mm -hmm. Is this fear is not going to happen and I will only be happy when this thing happens and until it happens, I'm not going to be happy. And so you're exploring the lack of that thing. Yeah. If you can get over that one little nugget there, your life is going to change radically just from that one thing. Not yeah. in the way you think it is though, right? If you think that money is going to give you security and you don't feel secure now, trusting the universe will always provide you with whatever you need to explore, whatever you need to explore. If you don't feel secure now and you bring, you hoard some money away, you're not going to feel secure with that. In fact, you're going to feel less secure with that. Mm -hmm. That is not the answer is trying to 
control how you feel by controlling conditions. It never works. Yeah. Right. Last paragraph here. Humans are exploring all sorts of subjects that are not available in the non-physical. They explore lack, which is really an illusion. They explore the illusion of loneliness, unworthiness, and failure. They explore the illusion of loss and suffering. It is all an illusion, but the illusion serves its purpose. You must think about what you want. You do not truly want to fix others. You want clarity. You want to know that everything is all right. You want to conduct your own exploration in an intentional way. You want clarity. You can choose to see anything from the limited perspective, and when you do this, you dip into streams of consciousness based in fear. When you see all is good and right, you maintain your alignment and you fully connect to the stream of source consciousness based in love. With our love, we are Joshua. And when you're based in that source consciousness, just like you said, maybe you see, receive inspiration that will be of benefit to you and to everyone else. That's the benefit of feeling good and being in alignment. You're receptive to these brilliant ideas that will move you forward into the exploration of who you truly are. That's right. <clears throat> and these people like Tammy and others who feel called to help others, mm -hmm. you know, term is used a lot, light workers, because right. it's not about fixing people. For light workers, we feel like the, the base, the foundation of it is to, we, first we have to empower ourselves so we can be that beacon of light for others. So we allow others to find their own light within them. So that is basically at the foundation of what a light worker is, whether it's your mental health, whether you're doing what we're doing, being a channel, whatever you're doing to assist another. It's not to, to help because you see them as disadvantaged. It's for you to be that beacon of light, to ignite the light within has always been there, but maybe they haven't remembered to ignite that remembering of the light that's within them. So that's, You're, that's the journey that many of us are on. All those watching, uh, most likely light workers also. Absolutely. If you're here, you're probably a light worker. Um, and that reminds me of a Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. You, you might be a redneck. Oh. <laughs> I, my joke was if your teeth, no, if your children outnumber your teeth, you might be a redneck. But if, if you're a beacon of light to others, you might be a light worker. It's, it's the whole thing is like, you know, we are trying, we're well not trying. We are examples of alignment. We are also students. We are also teachers all at the same time. We are mm -hmm. light workers. We can't get it wrong. We can't make a mistake. We can't fail. We are light workers. That's who we are. And we do our best work by seeing everyone else as perfect as they are, having this, showing them a new perspective maybe that ignites the light within them. Mm. Yep. And, well. also to, and also to assist others, the best in our abilities is to work on ourselves first right. and foremost. Right. So because if we're not in alignment, we would be able to tap into that inspiration, that guidance, right. that to help another, to assist another, find their own light. So that's why doing our own work is so important, even though we may be called and at times about disregard our own selves and just want to help others. But that's why helping ourselves is so important because we are one. So just by you helping yourself, getting yourself into alignment, your vibration changes. Right. And because of that, all those around you change. 
and you are now tapping into high states of consciousness, high dimensions of being where you can further assist others. So it's actually a win-win. So that's why working on your own self is so important. Awesome. Good. Well, uh, tell everyone how they can connect with you. All right. So if you want to know more information about Beings of the Light and what I do, just jump over to my website at www.beingsofthelight.com. I encourage you also to join our Facebook community, which is Beings of the Light with Kimberly Community. Um, so check it all out there. I've got um, you know podcasts of my own. I've got a YouTube channel, um, Instagram, Facebook page, everything else. So yeah, come over and check it out if you're awesome. inspired. Awesome. Great. And we also have the Friends of Joshua Facebook group. If you're not a member of that, look that up on Facebook and we'll let you in. It's very cool community of a bunch of people now who are like-minded all over the world. Um, also, if you haven't heard already the Joshua Live podcast, just search Joshua Live or my name. And we are getting ready to start boot camp number six. It'll be the final boot camp of the year. It starts November 4th. The only way you can get in is to talk to me. This eight-week boot camp is going to radically change your perspective of yourself of how this world works, of all of the people, you're going to gain this clarity Joshua was talking about so you can see when the fear pops up and and track down that limiting belief and then have these tools that allow you to process these limiting beliefs. And after those eight weeks, you are going to understand exactly how to engage the law of attraction. There are two keys in week seven and week eight. And then in week eight, Joshua reveals your soul's purpose. And when you realize what that is, everything is going to click. You're going to step into that and you're going to understand why you're here and and look at your life and say, oh my God, that's exactly how everything's been leading up, but I never saw it until now. It's an amazing thing. This will be the last one. And and, uh, uh, maybe we'll, we'll do some more definitely in 2020, which is the year of clarity, but I will be less involved in those ones. So if you want to be with, Uh, more involved with me in this one. This will be the last one that I handle full on in the next ones. It'll be partly me and I'll be assisted by other coaches because it's growing pretty quickly here and I can't have time for everyone. Um, But I am going to another level, just like all of you are going to another level. You're coming in at this vibration, you're moving forward, you're discovering who you are and you're moving from fear to love. And when you do that, your vibration shifts and so does your reality. So thank you for being here and hey, make sure that you follow this podcast. Otherwise, we will see you next time. Thanks, Kimberly. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you all that is watching and listening to this. Awesome. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.